0: Introduction of The Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, Book 1, by Palladius. Translated by E. A. Wallace Budge. Introduction, The Epistle of Palladius and Counsels to Lausius. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Paradise of Palladius. And again, we begin to write the book, of the triumphs of the Holy Fathers who were monks, which is called Paradise. The First History The Epistle of Palladius, the Bishop of the City of Helenopolis, which he made or wrote to Lausius, the Prefect, who asked him to write for him an account of the lives and deeds of the Fathers who were monks. And he wrote thus, Palladius, the Bishop, to Lausius, the Prefect. Greetings, or peace. I ascribe blessings to thy beautiful desire, for we may begin this epistle with blessing, because whilst many men are devoted unto vain things and build buildings of stone wherein there is no profit, thou hast shown thyself strenuous to learn concerning the building of the words of the narratives of holy men. For there is one only who hath no deed of doctrine or learning. That is to say God who is over everything for he existeth of himself and there is no other being who existed before him. Now all rational beings are learners because they are beings who have been made and created. The ranks of the celestial hosts who existed first of all and the orders of beings who are the most exalted of all possess teachers in the Trinity who is exalted above everything. The orders of beings of the second group learn from the beings of the first group, and those which belong to the third group learn from those of the second group, which is above them. And in this manner, each of the latter groups learneth from that which is above it, even down to the lowest group of all, for those among them who are superior in respect of knowledge of excellence and teach knowledge unto those who are inferior to them. Therefore, those who imagine that they have no need of teachers and who will not be convinced by those who teach them things of good are sick with the want of knowledge, which is the mother and producer of pride. Now those who are princes and the foremost ones among these in respect of destruction are those who intentionally or willfully fell from sojourning in heaven and from the service thereof and these are the devils who fly in the air because they forsook the heavenly teacher and rebelled. For polished words and sentences, or words strung together in admirable order, are not doctrine, for these things are for the most part found with evildoers and sinners. But this is doctrine, which is the correction of the natural habits and disposition, and the leading of a life of spiritual excellence according to rule by which I mean the possession of the faculty which shall make a man superior to affliction and to emotion and to timidity and to wrath and which shall make him to possess freedom of speech before every man and which shall through the fervor of divine love produce works that shall be like unto coals of fire for if doctrine be not this the great teacher would not have said unto his disciples Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. St. Matthew 11.29 For he did not instruct or order his apostles merely in the beauty of speech, without at the same time making manifest a proof or work in his own person. And he caused grief unto no man, except those who spurned doctrine, and those who hated their teachers. It is meet that the soul which leadeth its life in God should either learn in faith that which it knoweth not, or should learn wisely that of which it hath knowledge. But if we will do neither of these things, if it be possible, sick through madness. The beginning of instruction or discipline is the fullness which is of doctrine, and density of speech is a helper of the fear of God. And for these things the soul of him that loveth God hungereth continually, Be strong then, and play the man, farewell, and may God grant thee the gift of pursuing at all times the knowledge of Christ. The Plan of the Book In this book are written the excellent deeds and marvelous lives of the Holy and Blessed Fathers who took upon themselves the yoke of the solitary life and who made themselves to be remote from the world, who lived in the desert and who wished to live holy, the heavenly life, and to travel on the road which leadeth unto the kingdom of heaven. Let us emulate their example and endeavor to do with all our might what they did, and together with these we commemorate also the marvelous women who led their lives in the divine spirit, and who waxed exceeding old, and who with a brave mind brought to an end the strife of the labors of spiritual excellence, according to the divine manifestation, and love, and love, For they wished to lay hold upon their souls, and to bind upon their heads the crown of holiness and impassibility. And as for myself, because of the sweet manners of the man by whom I have been commanded to write, whose mind is full of doctrine or learning, whose habits are those of a lover of peace, who feareth God in his love, who loveth Christ in his mind, who in the things which are needful is an associate, and who because of all these qualities hath been chosen from among many, and hath been honored with the highest rank of all, being protected by the might of the Holy Spirit, especially if it be right to speak the truth. I would rouse up our heavy minds to the contemplation of the things which are spiritually excellent, so that we may strive to imitate the most excellent lives and deeds of the pious men, and of the immortal and spiritual fathers whose lives in the flesh were passed in laborious and stern service and in pleasing God. Of the virtues of such athletes, of the fear of God, it is my desire to set down some account in writing and descend it to thee, that I would make clear in my discourse the manifest spiritual excellences of each one of these great men. And he who loveth the divine and spiritual desire like unto this is thyself, Lausius, who art triumphant among men, and who, in accordance with the divine nod, hast been established as the guardian of this kingdom, which loveth Christ. But inasmuch as I have not been trained in language or speech, and as I possess spiritual knowledge only in the very smallest degree, and am unequal to the task of describing, the company of the Holy Fathers and their spiritual lives and works. I am afraid of the greatness of thy command, which surpasseth my capacity. I have therefore up to this present been urging myself to escape from this work, because I am in need both of the wisdom, which is essential externally, and spiritual understanding, but being put to shame, first of all, by the strenuousness of the excellence of him that stirred me up to do this work, and considering also the benefits which shall accrue to those who shall come across these histories, and being moreover afraid of the danger of the penalty of disobedience, which is right, I will first of all commit the weight of the matter under the providence of God, and I will with all diligence make use of the prayers of the Holy Fathers, so that I may be able to mount up as upon wings to the place where their contests were waged, and may tell the story briefly of those athletes who, though young, became great and divine men, who did valiantly and who triumphed in the works and deeds of spiritual excellence. And I will also relate the histories of those blessed women who were adorned with the fair garb of the monastic life and who attained to preeminence in divine labors. Now some of these divine persons of whom I'm about to tell the story, I was held to be worthy to see face to face and concerning the heavenly lives of the others who died in the contests of the fear of God, I have learned from the athletes of Christ, who were arrayed in God. Therefore, through very many cities and villages, and in caves and holes in the earth, and in the tabernacles which the monks had in the desert, for a distance as far as a man could walk, have I gone round about for the sake of the labor of the fear of God, and have set down in writing with exactness the things which I have seen. And I have also made known unto thee in this book the things which I have heard from the Holy Fathers concerning the triumphs of the great men and concerning the women who, for the sake of the hope which is in Christ, performed mighty works which were above nature. And I have set it to thy hearing which loveth divine words. O thou, Lausius, who art triumphant, among men, and who art fair among the friends of God, and who art the ornament of this believing and God-fearing kingdom, and art the true friend and servant of God. I have written down for thee, as far as my feebleness is able, the history of the strife of each of the athletes of Christ, both male and female, a name which is honorable and which meriteth praise, And I have narrated unto thee only very few of the very many exceedingly great triumphs, which belong to each one of these athletes. In many of them, I have added the names of their families and cities, and also the places where they lived. And we have also commemorated the men and women who, indeed, attained the highest excellence in the labors of the spiritual life, and who, because of the pride or arrogance, which is the mother of that quality which is called vainglory, were brought down to the lowest depths of Sheol, and so wasted the great work in the spiritual qualities which they had only acquired after a very long time, and the triumphs in the ascetic virtues which they had won, through their pride and boasting in one brief moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Nevertheless, by the divine grace of our Redeemer, and by the carefulness of the Holy Fathers, and by the cherishing influence of the mercy of the Spirit, they were plucked finally out of the net of the Calminator." Counsels to Lausius, let the following be before thy mind in all thine acts, and thou shalt sin in no particular. 1. Do good to the fool and to bury the dead. Both are alike. 2. It is meet that a man should put an armor over the breast, and the word of our Redeemer Christ over grief. Armor and shield will hide the breast, but only faith and action can hide the soul. 3. As it is possible to see the skill of the painter on a small tablet, so a small gift showeth the greatness of the disposition of the soul. 4. Have no confidence in the belief that that which is placed outside thy soul is thy possession. 5. Clothes and raiment drape statues, but habits and manners drape men. 6. An evil word is the beginning of evil deeds. 7. Speak thou according to that which is right, and where it is right in concerning the things which are right, and hearken not unto that which is not right. 8. It is better to shake a stone vainly than to utter a vain word, and it is better to be under subjection to the barbarians than to evil passions. 9. The excellence of a horse is made apparent in battle, and the disposition of a friend is put to test in tribulation. 10. It is impossible to divide the sea, and it is also impossible to still the waves thereof, although for them it is always easy to still themselves. The wise, God-fearing man is he who hateth that which is not right. The gentle and gracious man is he who treadeth pride underfoot. But he who is set upon that which is the contrary of this is one who is governed by arrogance. 13. 13. Constant prayer is the strength and the armor and the will of the soul. 14. Wine maketh warm the body, and the word of God warmeth the soul. 15. Know thou that not even much time will bring oblivion upon one act, which thou wouldest hide. 16. The believing mind is the temple of God, which it is meet for a man to adorn daily and to burn incense therein inasmuch as it is God who dwelleth there, and numbers upon numbers of books at diverse times and in various ways have they left unto the habitations of men, and some of them are according to the mind which is above, and divine grace, and were written for the edification and protection of those who wish to follow carefully after the faith and doctrine of our Redeemer, and some of them are according to the adulation of the children of men, and the corrupt mind which is mad after the lusts of the body and some of them are for the consolation of those who destroy vainglory but others are for some vain madness and the agency or operation of that evil devil who hateth the things which are good and the writers made use of arrogance and hatred and in order to corrupt the children of men whose minds have been laid waste and who have no understanding they introduce them that they may defile the purity of the holy Catholic Church, and hinder its pure life and deeds of ascetic excellence. And moreover, it hath seemed to me, I who fall short of the hope which is in Christ, and who am shamefaced, before the command of thy great-mindedness, O thou man who lovest doctrine, that I ought first of all to narrate to thee the story of how I was reared, and concerning the gradual growth of my mind of such excellence as I possessed towards God. I lived a rule of life and was in a monastery of solitary brethren for the first part of my life, that is to say, until the 33rd year of my age, and I served the office of bishop for 20 years. Thus the whole period of my life hath included 56 years. It is therefore absolutely necessary inasmuch as it hath seemed to me that thou art very anxious to hear the triumphs of the Holy Fathers, because of the divine spiritual prophet which is therein, that I should tell thee in writing concerning the men and the women of whom some I have myself seen, and concerning others of whom I have heard from believing men, and concerning others whom I have met with when I was traveling about in the land of Egypt and in Libya, and in the Thebad, and also in the region of Syene, towards Mesopotamia, and in Palestine, and in Syria, and among these in the countries of the West, and among the Romans, and among the people of Campania. And I must set down in writing with careful exactitude the history of everything which appertaineth closely to these men from the very beginning, and set before thee as an example that which will be a most excellent memorial and a benefit of the soul, that is to say, a sure and certain binding up, so that by means of it thou mayest be able to dispel from thy soul all the slumber of error which cometh into being through a rational desire, and all the doubts of the soul in respect of faith, and sluggishness in respect of the things which are useful, and all loathing and littleness of soul concerning habits of virtue, that is to say, keenness of wrath and perturbation and animal ferocity with empty fear, then shalt thou flee from the vain and corrupt delight of this world, and through thy constant eager desire thou shalt draw nigh to the hope which is in God, that thou shalt govern thyself in the desire of the fear of God and those who are with thee, and those who are under thine authority, and moreover unto him that feareth God Thou wilt become king, for through these triumphs, all those who have become friends of Christ shall hasten to be united unto Him, and they shall also look for the loosing of the soul from the body, for it is well known that daily they will do this, even as it is written, "I am constrained by the good desire which I possess to wish to become free and to be with Christ." Philippians one twenty three. And exceedingly excellent is all that which is said. Make ready thy works for thy going forth, and prepare thy field. Proverbs twenty four twenty seven. For he who remembereth death continually, and keepeth in his mind the knowledge that he must most certainly die, will neither be negligent of, nor commit sin in respect of great matters, even according to that what is said. In all thy words remember thine end, and thou wilt never commit sin, Ecclesiasticus 731. And besides all these things, I will add this also, so that thou mayest not belittle the tradition of this our faulty history, and mayest not hold in contempt the simplicity and want of polish of the language thereof. For this matter appertaineth not to the divine doctrine that we should compose speech with wise skill, but we should strengthen the mind with sure and certain words of understanding. According to that which is said, open thy mouth with the word of truth, and judge every man in a sound manner. Proverbs 31 9. And moreover, thou shalt not forget the narratives of the old men, because they have them from their fathers. Ecclesiasticus eight nine. I therefore, O thou lover of doctrine, thou godly man, have lighted upon many things with the holy men, not through making use of ordinary thought, but by making journeys among them, which have lasted thirty days, yea, even thirty days twice told. And I say it as before God, that in travels and journeyings I would have trodden the whole of the territory of the Greeks, so that I might have the opportunity of conversing with each of the lovers of God, and I would have undertaken the labor of a journey, such as this gratefully, so that I might be able to traffic for a profit or benefit, which I did not possess. For if that man who was far more excellent than I am, and perhaps far more excellent than the whole world, and who in his life and works and in his knowledge and in his wise opinions of the Spirit and in his faith which was in Christ, surpassed many, I mean the blessed man Paul, who in order that he might see James and Cephas, Peter, and John made a journey from Tarsus to Judea, and it is well known that he related the fact of this journey somewhat as a boast when he was declaring abroad and revealing his labors in order that he might stimulate those who were living lives sluggish and indolent in respect of spiritual excellence. And when he said, I went up to Jerusalem, Galatians 1.18, that I might see Cephas, Peter, not that he was denying the spiritual excellence of Peter of which he had received information by reports, but because he was longing to converse with him also. Now, if this Paul had need of converse with Peter, how much more did I, who am a debtor of 10,000 talents, need to do this, i.e. to visit the holy men, for the sake of the benefits, not for the sake of any good which I could do them, but for the sake of the advantage which I, the sinful man, should myself gain. And moreover, the things which writers have written down about the Holy Fathers, I mean Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and Moses and Elijah, and the other saints, were not composed and narrated to glorify them, but that those who peruse them might profit thereby. Therefore, O chaste and believing man, Lausius, thou servant of God, knowing these things, and having also instructed thyself and many others, Be convinced by our discourse also, and let the matters thereof be laid up in thy God-fearing mind, as in a secure storehouse, which is not wont to be disturbed by evil things of diverse kinds, either visible or invisible, and which only constant prayer and the converse, which concerneth the service of the soul, can make to be moved. For many of these brethren who, in the fear of God, won spiritual excellence, and who wax great in ascetic labors, and loving-kindness, and who were famed or boasted because of their perfect chastity and virginity, and who protracted to great length their meditations upon the Holy Scriptures and placed their trust upon their strenuousness in spiritual doctrine, were never held to be worthy of the state of impassibility, because they served with a mind which possessed not discretion and employed only the form of the fear of God, and because they were diseased with the love of external converse, wherefrom are produced all vices which enter into a man from without, and which eradicate that which is the mother of the service, which taketh place in the soul. Be strong, therefore, in all wisdom, and nourish not thy soul in the riches which thou hast made or gotten, having made them sufficiently little by means of the gifts to those who are needy, so that the ministration which ariseth therefrom may perfect the service of excellence, for this cometh into being neither through any urging whatsoever, nor through the foolish thoughts of any form whatsoever for the sake of vainglory. And do not bind thyself to do anything under a penalty secured by oaths, as many men do, as, for example, those who for the sake of vainglory strive eagerly neither to eat nor to drink, for though by the force of such oaths They may bring their feeble will into subjection through the same thing. They fall miserably either by means of pleasures and loathing, which follows thereafter or through the sickness of the body or else through the delightful gratification of some lust. They bring forth falsehood. And as thou receivest what is good according to reason, so according to reason shalt thou make thyself to be remote from what is evil and thou shalt never sin at all for by the word of god shall all motions of fear be extinguished and thou shalt draw nigh unto the things which bring thee profits and shall trample down those which cause thee loss for the righteous the law was not laid down it is better to drink wine in moderation than to drink water immoderately and it appeareth to me that those who drink wine in moderation are holy men and that those who pridefully use water in an immoderate fashion, are depraved and pleasure-loving. Do not therefore ascribe blame or praise to the eating or not eating of food, or to the drinking or not drinking of wine, but ascribe praise or woe unto those who make use properly or improperly of meat and drink. Joseph in olden time drank wine with the Egyptians and was in no way injured in his mind thereby for he took good heed unto the admonitions of his understanding. But Pythagoras and Diogenes and Plato, and with them also the Manichaeans and other sects of philosophers did not, and they came thereby to such a pitch of licentiousness and vainglory that they even forgot the God of the universe and worshipped soulless images. On the other hand, the blessed apostle Peter And those who were with him drew nigh to wine and made use thereof. And because of this, the Jews reproached our Lord, the Redeemer of all men and their teacher, and made complaints against him, saying, Why do not thy disciples fast like John? St. Matthew 9.14, St. Mark 2.18 And again they lifted themselves up against the disciples and blamed them, saying, Why doth your master eat and drink with tax collectors, and sinners. Saint Matthew nine eleven, ten, eighteen, nineteen. Now they did not make their complaints without bread and water only, but also about wine and delicate viands. For it is evident that they only wanted to lay blame upon the disciples in everything. Thereupon our Redeemer made answer and said, John came in the path of righteousness, neither eating nor drinking, Now it is well known that the flesh and wine are here referred to, for it was impossible for him to live without food of other kinds. And ye say that he hath a devil in him, and the Son of Man hath come eating and drinking. And ye say, behold, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. What then is it right for us to do, so that we may neither go after those who made complaints of our acts nor after those who praise them. For he must either fast with John according to discretion, even though the Jews said that there was a devil in him, and that he was certainly mad, or he must drink wine with Christ, with knowledge, if the body shall have need thereof, even though the children of men shall say concerning us, Behold a glutton and a wine-bibber. For in very truth neither the eating of food nor the abstaining therefrom is anything, but the faith and love which are made perfect in works. For one, a man followeth after faith wholly by actions. He who eateth and drinketh is blameless for faith's sake, for everything which is not of faith is sin. But perhaps one of those who love the carnal lusts, or perhaps one of those who sin not, will say that if they eat, In faith, or if they do anything else, by the irrational thought of the carnal appetite, or through a corrupt intent, those who support themselves on faith commit sin. Now our Redeemer made a distinction, saying, By their fruit ye shall know them. St. Matthew 7.20 And the fruits may be recognized by the word of God and by spiritual wisdom, according to the word of the blessed apostle, who said, Love, peace, gladness, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, patient endurance. Galatians five, twenty two, twenty three. 23. These are the fruits of the Spirit according to the word of the Apostle. Whosoever then is eager to possess these fruits will never without reason and without thought on any occasion eat flesh or drink wine or dwell with a man with evil intent. Moreover, the blessed Paul saith, Whosoever is about to strive in... A contest preserveth his mind free from every other thought and thus keeping his body healthly, and making himself to be remote from the things which would make him fat. Compare First Corinthians nine twenty-five twenty-seven. 27. But if he fall into sickness or into severe sufferings or become a companion unto afflictions which fight against him externally, he must then make use of meat and drink by way of a binding up, and a healing medicine for the things which work tribulation for him. Let us then keep ourselves remote from the evil things which are wrought in the soul, I mean anger and envy and vainglory, and dejection and evil discourse, and the suspicion which is not seemly. For whilst a man is giving thanks unto God, he cannot commit sin. Now therefore, having spoken sufficiently concerning these things, I have another entreaty to bring nigh unto the love of doctrine which is in thee. That is to say, I would that thou didst flee with all thy strength from the converse of men from whom thou canest gain no benefit. Although their outside skin be ornamented with various patterns, even if they be orthodox, they will cause thee to suffer loss. And if they be heretics, that loss will be very much greater. And although they appear to be exceedingly aged and their bodies to be shriveled and withered, it may seem to thee that thou canst not in any way be injured by them because of the beautiful dispositions which are in them. That which is in them and which appeareth to thee to be a small matter will do thee an injury, for thou shalt become lax in thy mind in respect of them, and whilst laughing at them thou wilt become unduly exalted, that thou shouldst be driven to arrogance would be a loss for thee. Follow then after the mind of pious men and women, who shine with the light which entereth in through the windows, so that by means of these, like a book, the lines of which are extremely close together, thou mayest be able clearly to see that which is in thy heart by comparison with them, either of sluggishness or strenuousness, for there are very many such things which testify concerning spiritual excellence." such as the color of the face which blossometh with ecstatic labors, and the manner in which the apparel is put on, and a peaceable manner and a mode of speech which is not inflamed, and modesty of the countenance, and a discourse which is not crooked, and cheerfulness of the mind, and an understanding which is full of knowledge. By these things both thine own fair beauty will be made strong, and also all those who will follow after the goal of the fear of God, even though they be living in a state of negligence or in some other similar vice. For according to the word of the wise man, the behavior of a man and the gait of his legs and the laughter of his mouth testify concerning him. Ecclesiasticus, 19.30 End of the introduction